Ladies and gentlemen, I didn't want to come onto this podcast today looking at an imaginary red button with giant bold black letters that says panic with an exclamation point just daring me to push it. It's just daring me and taunting me and telling me push the button. Push the button. The more and more I say no and the more that I keep telling myself this is why they play 82 games, I am left looking at that imaginary button today and I might be ready to push it because it might be time to press the panic button for the Vegas Golden Knights. Welcome back, everybody, to a very, I guess you can call this a special episode of Locked On Golden Knights. We haven't done a weekend episode, I think, in about a few weeks. Uh, The situation really has not called for us to do said episode. However, by me not doing an episode on Friday, because one, there were some kind of technical difficulties I was working with at home, and two, I was just tired and really felt like there was no need to talk about one game and then pile it on uh, with another game the following day and look ahead to that game, I figured we would come back today to talk about Thursday and talk about Saturday. And the initial the initial thought of what we were going to do today was to break down those two games, whether Vegas won or lost both of them, analyze this six-game stretch that we have been talking about ad nauseum for the better part of a week, and to kind of see where the Golden Knights are at as we enter the week of Thanksgiving. Well, here we are, uh, hours removed after the Golden Knights lost 4-2 to the Pacific Division-leading Edmonton Oilers, 48 hours removed from losing 2-1 in overtime to the suddenly surging San Jose Sharks, who are once again on a roll because now they have won back-to-back overtime games, one against the Golden Knights, the other against the hottest team in the league, the New York Islanders. We are here today to to pretty much answer the question, is it time to panic? And I'm going to say yes, it is time to panic. Welcome back, everybody. I am your host, Danny Webster. This is Locked on Golden Knights part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Happy Sunday to you, and hope you are having a great start to your work week and a great end to your weekend. And if you are uh, turning onto this podcast and finding any sort of solace as to what to do on this Sunday, then I thank you for joining me because we've got some things to talk about. Uh, but before we get to that, uh, if this is the first time you are listening to Lockdown Golden Knights, I do welcome you. We are a daily podcast talking about the Vegas Golden Knights, usually Monday through Friday, but as the situation will behold, uh, that might not happen because maybe we shouldn't say Monday through Friday anymore. Um, But we are a daily podcast talking about the Golden Knights for most of the week. Uh, You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts. We are more than likely on there. Uh, please feel free to download, to subscribe, tell your friends, tell your mom, tell your dad, tell whoever the hell likes hockey. 
to download the show. Uh, and I appreciate uh, any of the feedback or the reviews that you guys have been giving me about the show. It's been greatly appreciated as we're going on at almost the end of two months running this show. It's kind of crazy where we've been right now. So thank you all for uh, being on this ride with me. It's been a lot of fun so far. And uh, documenting this tumultuous start that the Vegas Golden Knights have been on. Um, I don't even know really where to begin. I, th- I, th- I initially thought that we would just break down the San Jose game and break down the Edmonton game. But I think the more that I think about it, it's one giant conglomerate and one giant problem for the Golden Knights. And I think we have now reached the point where we can say that the Golden Knights look to be taking one step forward after defeating Calgary and after defeating Toronto. They were taking one step forward. Now with these two losses, one of those losses really Vegas should have won another winnable game that they had and they blew it they have taken two steps back once again as a result of losing to the Oilers on Saturday the Golden Knights are now 11 10 and 4 on the season they have dropped to 6 5 and 3 at home they finish this six game stretch that had games against Chicago LA Calgary Toronto, San Jose, and Edmonton. If you take out the overtime losses, because I really don't like to talk about overtime losses, you take that out, the Golden Knights lost four of six on this stretch where five of those games were at home. Now, if you'll recall, after the Detroit game, we started talking about this stretch and how crucial it was, how crucial it was for the Golden Knights to come back home, establish dominance on home ice. You have five games at home. In this, in this lexicon of five of six at home, you have, at best, four winnable games. And the four winnable games that I highlighted were Chicago, L.A., Calgary, San Jose. They lost three of those four. Somehow they beat Toronto. But of the four winnable games that I had mentioned in that stretch, the Golden Knights lost three of them. And to make matters worse, they go against Edmonton on Saturday against the hottest duo going on right now in the NHL, Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl. McDavid scores two goals. Dreisaitl has three assists. The Oilers are looking like the class of the Pacific Division, and they look like they are, it goes without saying they look really good, but the fact that they are a deep team, they're rolling four lines, they're rolling three pairs, they're rolling a good goalie duo in Koskinen and Smith. Mike Smith had 25 saves for his 250th win tonight, and he looked pretty good in some of those saves. Edmonton has gone from being one of the more dysfunctional franchises seven months ago to now being the class of the Pacific Division. It was seven months ago when Connor McDavid was standing in the visitor's locker room 
the night the Oilers were eliminated from playoff contention on April 1st. It was seven months ago. Peter Shirelli was fired, Ken Hitchcock was likely on his way out, and Connor McDavid was left searching for answers, wondering what in the world the franchise that he is captaining, by the way, is going to do. The Oilers got, you know, God bless them, they had a breath of fresh air brought into them. Ken Holland takes over as GM. They hire Dave Tippett as coach. They trade Milan Lucic away for James Neal, which really was, at the time, a deal that really made absolutely no sense. But it's turning out to be a one-sided affair that is paving the way for Edmonton to have a very good goal-scoring team this year. They're a deep team. They're a good defensive team. And as a result, they are the top of the class in the Pacific Division at this time. The Golden Knights, meanwhile, in a span of seven months, traded for Mark Stone. Well, two months prior, they got Mark Stone. They were ready to go back to the playoffs. They were ready to defend their Western Conference crown. And they were one win away from, from getting to the second round and seeing where it, where it would have gone from there. But then they lose three straight to San Jose, whether you thought it was a major or it wasn't. They sort of, sort kind of sort of blew the team up by moving two essentially vital pieces. You know, the, in hindsight, those trades are looking rather good because Colin Miller is a healthy scratch and Eric Holla may not be playing anytime soon. So take that into consideration and Vegas may have won those trades, but you got rid of depth along the way. And the depth and the talent of this team is starting to show. And it's not in a good place. I don't exactly know, and and I'm still trying to figure out what the problem is. It's a question that I've been saying for the better part of about a month now. What is wrong with the Golden Knights? And I've been trying to figure out the answers. I've been trying to figure out exactly what the problem is. And the more I think about it and the more I dissect it and the more I analyze it, I am left thinking of the only possible way this could be described. And that is the Golden Knights just aren't that good right now. They're not good. They are not a good hockey team. Now, I could try and dissect why they're not a good hockey team, but really, do we have enough time to figure out why? Bottom six, still not getting it done. Uh, The return of Alex Tuck, as I pretty much expected, is not the cure for this team. Bottom six still is not scoring, even with moving Paul Stasny to third-line center. Cody Glass is not scoring. Alex Tuck is not scoring. The fourth line has been absolutely fantastic. The only problem is they're not a goal-scoring line. And when you're not scoring goals on that line, you can forecheck and you can hit as much as you want, but if it doesn't result in the score sheet, then what? there's really no purpose. Top six has been shuffled. Uh, it was shuffled again on Saturday, putting the top line back together with 81-71-19 and moving Pacioretty with Eakin and Stone. That resulted in basically nothing. Uh, Cody Eakin did score for the third time in four games, but 
that's it. Mark Stone has not scored enough. Pacioretty has gone cold in the last couple of games. Uh, William Carlson's gone cold. Riley Smith has frozen his ice. And Jonathan Marchessault has not scored a point in the past two games after scoring a point in 10 of his last 11. So there's that part. Then you look at the defense. You can make the argument that Nate Schmidt is still trying to make his way back to 100% health. It's obviously a completely different situation. (coughs) Excuse me. It's a completely different situation coming back from a suspension as opposed to, you know, an injury that keeps you out for 14, 15 games. So maybe we we do have to take that with a grain of salt, but Nate Schmidt does not look good right now. Him and Braden McNabb are not the effective pairing, I think, that everybody was hoping they would be. Uh, Schmidt does not look like the lockdown defender. Uh, McNabb is committing too many penalties. The penalties have kind of quieted down the last number of games, but it still has not resulted in much. Um, That pairing is not good. Shea Theodore and Nick Haig, I think, have been the only bright spots on on the blue line to this point. Haig has been very quiet. Um, which I guess you can kind of expect. And Shea Theodore had a terrific goal on Saturday. It was only his second goal of the season, but I'd like to think that that is what kind of turns him around. I mean, he's been playing really well. He's obviously Vegas's top defenseman. Um, and I think that is that has been a very good sign for Vegas. At least Shea Theodore, for the most part, has looked very good. The other three, on the other hand, Derek Anglin, John Merrill, and Nick Holden. This is where I would say Vegas misses Colin Miller because you have your top four defensemen, a good lockdown defenseman in McNabb, a good two-way defender in Schmidt, a offensive dynamo that is destined for being a very good defenseman as well, defender as well in Theodore, and a defenseman, a 20-year-old defenseman who has all the tools in the world to be one of the best in the league at some point in Hague. So you have three guys that can be that can generate offense. The bottom three. I I don't tonight it was Holden and England, which I would constitute as on most nights, utter disaster. Um, I don't even, I, I don't have the score sheet up in front of me. I could probably get it while I'm talking here. I do not believe that Holden and England uh, had a great night. Uh, I know that Schmidt and McNabb were on the ice for the, um, for the Ethan Bear goal that put them up to nothing. Um, but as far as everything else, I, get, I get, let's let's find out real quick. England was a zero, and I know plus minus isn't really the best to go off of. But I mean, Nick Holden was a plus one. Derek England was a zero. England has been okay. I, I mean, I know that we've harped on England and just how much of a liability he's been, especially on the defense. But I mean, this week. When, especially against uh, Calgary and Toronto, I thought he was very good. And I thought he and Merrill played well. Tonight, Merrill was out. 
Holden went in based on the numbers. I mean, they were okay. I mean, Holden in England isn't going to be your your third pairing that's going to scare a lot of people in the offensive zone. But then again, who else? John Merrill's not going to scare you in the offensive zone either. So basically, what you have there is one-third of your defense unable to generate offense, and it's just to the point where they're just standing there. If they get a shot or two from the point, they're going to try and put it on net, but what are the actual chances that it's going to go through? Whereas if you had a guy like Colin Miller, I know he hasn't had a great year in Buffalo right now, but at least you knew if you have Colin Miller as your third-pairing defenseman, you at least know what you're getting and what you can generate from that third pairing, which by all accounts has been the most blah thing to go for the Golden Knights right now. So it's it's a matter of what do you do? Does Vegas make a call up from AHL? Do they do they go with a Dylan Coglin? Do they bring up Zach Whitecloud? Do they try and get a spark going? Like what do you do if you're Vegas? What do you do? I mean, the, the you got to think the chances are there offensively, and they're gonna the you got to think the floodgates are gonna open at some point. I mean, other than running into you know the greatest goaltender of all time and Aaron Dell, I mean, what what more does the offense need to do? I mean, they only put up two goals on Saturday, but again, Mike Smith made some very good saves. This is why I think it's time to hit the panic button. Why it's time to hit the panic button is because the Golden Knights, I don't think, are going to do anything different. They're not going to change. They're not going to bring anybody up to ignite a spark, at least that I don't know of. Vegas isn't holding availability tomorrow before they head to Dallas. So they can very much well make a call-up by the time this podcast goes up, and then all of a sudden it looks like I'm the idiot. I'm the village idiot, which has, which has definitely happened on more than one occasion. But I look at it from this standpoint. Vegas needs a spark. Where are you going to get that spark? And when you think about where do you get that spark, it also falls on, well, are you even going to try and make a spark? Vegas has not won more than two games in a row this season. They've won consecutive games on four different occasions, and every time they've tried to go for a third straight win, they've lost. I mean, good for them. They were they're on point streaks. I mean, they were on a five-game point streak at one point. They were on a three-game point streak after losing to San Jose on Thursday. But what good does that do? I'm starting to think that overtime losses are in the same uh, category as horseshoes and hand grenades. I mean, that's where luck only counts in. But the fact that Vegas has lost four times in overtime this year, you're leaving points on the board. Those points are going to come back to bite you at some point later in the season. So the reason why I think it's time to hit the panic button, even though we're, what, 25 games in now? The only reason why I think it's time to hit the panic button is because I don't think the Golden Knights are going to do anything about it. Like, I don't think the Golden Knights, you know, management, coaching, players, I don't think they full... I'm pretty sure the players do, but the overall 
overarching theme with the team is I don't think they think that it's time to panic yet. I don't think they know that it's time to say, hey, we need to do better. Because the Pacific Division is going to be, by all intents and purposes, it's going to be tight all year long. I don't see Edmonton going anywhere unless they suffer a catastrophic, somebody gets catastrophically injured or the goaltending just falls off a cliff. Koskinen and Smith are solid. They have been very good. And I feel like they've been overlooked the most when it comes to how well Edmonton's playing. Arizona, they're not going anywhere. Arizona is going to ride this wave of Darcy Kemper being a Vesna finalist and Phil Kessel reigniting the scoring that Arizona desperately needed last year. Arizona meets Edmonton tomorrow, the battle of the top two teams in the Pacific Division. They're not going anywhere. The Sharks are on fire. They're only one point back from Vegas with, I believe, a game in hand. So they're not going anywhere. The Sharks are coming. As I kept saying it, they've had too much talent to where you can write them off. And anybody who wrote the Sharks off was being an absolute fool. Vancouver is still hanging around. They've been kind of up and down the last couple weeks, even though when I thought they were the hottest team in the Pacific at the time, the Canucks are still right there. They're still in the mix. I think they're third in the Pacific right now. They're right there. Anaheim is, you know, not fully there, but they're not that far off. The Kings aren't that far off from Vegas and San Jose. Like this Pacific division is very crowded. Whether you, whether you want to actually dissect who is the better team out of the bunch, the obvious and the clear cut result right now is that Vegas is in a mishmash of really good Pacific division teams. Whether you think that they're the most talented or not right now, we can honestly say that the golden Knights have the most talent of any team in the Pacific division, but they're not winning. So what does that tell you? This Pacific division is very good. And the golden Knights have not been able to string any wins together greater than two. This was the week that was supposed to spring things on track. I spent 45 to 50 minutes the other day talking about how that save by Marc-Andre Fleury was supposed to be the spark that got them going. And what does Vegas do? Other than run into a very good Arendelle for one night, who apparently looked like Dominic Hasek on some of those saves, they didn't beat San Jose. That was a game where you had to be up for and you only put up one goal on Arendelle. Which tells me that Aaron Dell should be starting for every single game against Vegas going forward because Martin Jones ain't doing it. And then you go into Saturday against Edmonton knowing that you are playing the team that's in first place in the division. And when you have Shea Theodore making comments like, we're not playing as a team right now, what the hell does that even mean? What does that mean you're not playing as a team? You're 25 games in. The bulk of this team has played together for at least a half a season to a full season now. What does that mean you're not playing as a team? What does it mean when they say, oh, we're not playing with enough fire right now? Why are you not playing with enough fire right now? 
why are you not playing like you should be the best team in the Western Conference right now? Why? Why are you losing to teams like Detroit, like Chicago, like LA? Is it some sort of funk that you have to realize that maybe you're coasting right now and by the time game 30 or 35 rolls around, you roll off a 10-game winning streak? These points, whether the point system you agree with it or not, the points are too valuable to be left on the board. I, and I said it last week when we were talking about this six-game stretch, the only losses I could have seen on the schedule were Toronto and Edmonton. You lost Edmonton because just Edmonton is on fire right now. McDavid and Dreisaitl have help. They have competent coaching. They have competent management. And they have really solid goaltending. Like, I don't see a team other than maybe Arizona right now that can knock Edmonton off. It sure as hell is not going to be the Golden Knights. That's why I think right now you got to hit the panic button. Because you're 25 games in and through 25 games, it's been a constant seesaw. Up and down, up and down, up and down, up and down. One step forward, two steps back, one step forward, four steps back. The same situation now for 25 games. And to top it all off, you're not winning at home. This team is 6-5-3 and three at home right now. Lest we forget, they won 29 home games in year one and 24 in year two. They are very much on pace to not even come close to that. They are 6-5-3. If you take away those overtime losses, they are 6-8 at home. T-Mobile Arena is not a home ice advantage anymore. That is what Vegas used in year two to basically bank on the fact that they were going back to the playoffs. Was their ability to play well at home. And they're not doing that right now. So now all of that being said, all of that being said, the Golden Knights are struggling right now. They are not able to beat teams they can they need to beat. And now, and now you have to go on the road for two games in the Central Division. And I'm not even looking at Nashville yet. Nashville's good. We know how good Nashville is. But after all of that, you go two and four in that six game stretch and now you have to go to Dallas to take on the hottest team in the Western Conference. The Dallas Stars have won 13 of 15 since starting the season 1-7-1. I picked them to win the Stanley Cup. Not for obvious reasons, but I picked them to win the Stanley Cup because I thought that they could rebound after losing a heartbreaker to St. Louis in the second round. The crazy thing about Dallas right now is that they are winning these games without Jamie Benn and Tyler Sagan putting up a ton of points. Their depth is insane. Their defense is really good. Uh, the goaltending, Kudobin and uh, Ben Bishop, unbelievable. You think Edmonton's goaltending duo is good right now? Those two guys are out of their minds right now. So now you have to figure out, after, not, after failing to figure out how to win winnable games and at least ignite some sort of hope, after this six-game stretch, you now have to go on the road and face the Dallas Stars. You have to go on the road and figure out how in the world you're going to beat the hottest team in the Western Conference. 
And if the big boys aren't doing it for Dallas, and the fact that their depth is killing these teams, and the fact that the goaltending is out of this world, you really want me to believe that Vegas can go into Dallas on Monday and win? Hell no. Not currently constructed, they're not. Currently constructed, this team might get blown out 5 nothing in Dallas on Monday. And it would not be a shock. It would not be a shock whatsoever. So now Vegas has to figure out how to beat teams that they can't beat. Because it doesn't get easier. Dallas on Monday. Nashville Wednesday. Thanksgiving which you're probably not going you might hold like a light practice but it's not going to be a big one. And then Friday you get the Coyotes. And I'm pretty sure you're going to see Darcy Kemper and I'm pretty sure that the Coyotes are going to be challenging for first place come that game. The Coyotes are not the ugly stepchild they get beaten up on anymore like they were in year 1. This is a good Arizona team. There is a very good possibility that Vegas can go into December losers of three in a row after that stretch. So they would be, we were talking about how they were on a five-game losing streak earlier. They could possibly be on another five-game losing streak come the start of December when they have to go to New York, New Jersey, and back to New York. And And if anybody's telling me after you hear all that that it's not time to hit the panic button, then you're playing yourself. And another thing, for, the, for those who are saying to not panic because the Blues were in the same situation last year when they were dead last in the league in January and they went on to win the Cup, there is a huge difference between being a bad team and eventually turning into a real good team compared to you're a team that should be challenging for the Stanley Cup, and you are underperforming in the biggest of ways. So I don't want to hear anything about how if the Blues were in last place in the league, that Vegas, only being fourth in the Pacific, can eventually come back and get back on track. Again, I'm pretty sure they can. You know, 25 games in, there's 57 to go. Sure, there's still time. But right now, for the last three weeks to a month, the Golden Knights have failed to take care of business the way they needed to. They have not taken care of business like we expect the Golden Knights to do. There is too much talent. There is too much star power on this team to where we can go into December 1st and look at this team and go, holy hell, they're under 500. Because it is a legit possibility that we can look into this going into December 1st where the Golden Knights could have more regulation losses than wins. And at that point, you need to hit the panic button. They've got to make they've got to make a splash, and I'm not saying go out and trade for somebody right now because it's definitely too early for that. But they have got to do something to wake this team up, whether it's a call up or two, whether it's anything. Do something that's going to send a message, 
and do it for something that's going to send a message for longer than two games. Because after what I saw on Saturday night, Vegas is nowhere near ready to contend for the Pacific. Absolutely nowhere ready to contend for the Pacific. They've got a long way to go. And before we know it, it'll be the end of December. And before we know it, it'll be the end of January. And before we know it, it'll be the bye week. And if the Golden Knights are, God forbid, still humming around 500 and still humming around the top four spot in the Pacific Division, then I think they would consider themselves lucky. But right now, it is not working. And the Golden Knights need to figure something out. What that is, I don't know. Because it might be more than one thing that we're not talking about. So I guess we'll have to wait and see. You know what would help, though? If they beat Dallas and they beat Nashville, then at least for a little bit, you can be okay. But I don't see any way right now that this team beats Dallas, that this team beats Nashville, and this team beats Arizona. So that's why I am very much thinking that the Golden Knights will go into December. By the time this is done, they're likely, they could very well be 11, 13, and 4. And then mass hysteria can have a legit, a legit cause. Because right now it ain't working. It ain't working. So that, that, that'll probably do it, guys. That, that was, I, I didn't plan on going that long, but it is what it is right now. The Golden Knights are just not that good. And they've got to figure something out quick. The Pacific Division is too good this year for them to hang around and just coast. They've got to assert dominance at some point, and they've got to be a better team. How they become that better team, I have no idea. But they've got to figure it out if they want to be taken seriously come January. Because right now, it just does not look good. So, again, special episode today. Didn't really want to go this long on a Sunday. I mean, hell, it's 2.11 a.m. right now. Probably not the best time for me to go on a long-winded rant. But you know what? We're here for it, and we and that's what we do. Um, Monday, we will be back to talk about the star. I, I will talk about the stars more in depth. If there's anybody I think that has a little bit of knowledge of the Dallas stars, I'd like to think I'm one of those people. Um, I'll talk about my, my knowing of the stars, uh, on Monday. And we'll talk about that team because that team is just, Oh, Nelly, that team is so ridiculously good. Um, it's going to be a weird week this week just because of Thanksgiving. Um, we are allowed uh, to take Thursday, Friday off. Um, given the game on Friday, I might pre-record something ahead of the Arizona game. Um, but we'll see how that goes. We'll see how the schedule goes with my family and whatnot. And uh, we'll kind of circle back around there. Um, I know we had the mailbag set for Friday as well. Um I think what we might do for Wednesday's episode, uh, we'll do the mailbag on Wednesday. So please send in your questions. Uh, you can tweet them to Locked On BGK. You can tweet uh, to me at Danny Webster Twenty One. Um, whatever you prefer, that'd be great. We'll get. Some, I'll put out a few more feelers on Twitter for if you have any more questions. 
Um, and we'll answer those sometime this week because I think, I think we're in a good position to answer some of the questions, especially some of them that I already got are kind of on the panicky side. So I think it's kind of, it kind of fits to where we're at. So, um, we'll go ahead and again, this has been a long winded one. I didn't expect to do that this late and this long winded, but here we are. I mean, gold nights are bad. We're, we're at that point. So thank you guys for tuning in. Thank you for listening. Um, we'll be back Monday to talk about the stars and, uh, we'll, uh, go about the rest of the week. So have a good rest of your Sunday, everybody. Thanks for listening. I am Danny Webster. This has been Locked on Golden Knights, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, and we'll see you Monday. Have a good one.